how are we doing and welcome to the dedicated transform your body mind and life podcast so i can't even remember what episode number we're on but we're gonna go anyway uh we've got ramadan coming up for quite a few people so i just thought it'd be a good time to speak about a lot of the detrimental effects that this has in terms of a health and fitness point of view and a lot of mistakes or some of the common mistakes that people tend to make um, and go through some of the most popular questions that we get during this period as well. So first things first, most people are on opposite ends of the spectrum. They'll either stop training, let themselves go and just become lazy or on the opposite end of the spectrum, you'll get people that decide they want to try and be hardcore, train every night, like literally in the middle of the night uh, when they're not used to training like that for, for most part of the year when they're not even that committed for the rest of the year, for, for most people, uh, based on our experience and what we see. So a lot of people tend to think they're going to lose fat over fasting, and they base that on the fact that they lose weight. Um, even when people eat shit, nine times out of ten, the volume of food actually isn't that high. Um, yeah, the calorie content might be higher, but they don't actually eat as much as they think. Uh, but given the way fasting works and the feeding window. Obviously, it's a lot of calories in a small window of, of time. Now, people tend to think they lose fat because they lose weight on the scales, but that's rarely the case. What tends to happen is people typically lose muscle tissue because their body goes in a catabolic state. Now, you can damage control this, which we will get to later on, but if you think about it, you are starving your body from a from a religion, a religious point of view, we get it. You know, we understand why it's done. But from health and, and fitness point of view, it's not healthy at all. Now, that's not us trying to talk anyone out of it. It is what it is. But we're just going to go through some points that can help uh, damage control if you are someone who's going to be fasting. So, firstly, don't don't look at the numbers on the scales. And we say this to a lot of people, mainly females. But don't look at the numbers on the scales and presume just because the scale weight is going down that you are losing body fat. And guarantee a lot of that will be muscle tissue and obviously muscle does weigh more than fat so don't focus anything on the scale weight scale weight alone is a poor indicator of progression now your body will realistically get dehydrated especially this time of year when it's coming up it's usually stupid hot um you know probably be a little bit easier if it's winter time um that being said you'll have less less daylight hours so it swings and roundabouts but you know you realistically you're going to be dehydrated it's going to be a change in your metabolic rate your body will start to shut down there will be a loss of muscle tissue uh, like we spoke about before people do go catabolic uh, at the end of the day your body's fat stores are its energy stores right muscle tissue and fat cells are two different things muscle tissue and fat stores are two different things now muscle is a luxury it, it requires effort and food and work to maintain whereas fat doesn't you know, it's just a surplus of food. Now, if your body thinks it's being starved, it is quite smart and it is going to do what it can do to survive. Now, I don't know I've gone through this before, but for any new listeners, what's going to happen here is your body thinks it's being starved. Now, it's going to try and retain its energy stores, which are fat stores. It's going to get rid of anything that is too expensive for it to hold on to because it's being starved. So all that happens here is muscle tissue gets broken down and excess fat stores or fat stores should we say um they 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 essentially stay there you know your body retains them which is not what you want um on top of that what you'll find is and again you may be one of these people or you will definitely know someone when people open their feeding window now for those that don't know you know typically you're looking around 
people fast up to about nine o'clock, half nine, depending on the, the sun, um, for a few hours. Obviously, they're allowed to eat, and then it goes back to fasting. So a lot of people tend to open their feeding window with the typical Asian food. It's it's oily, it's greasy, it's fried. Like, I understand it. Now, your average, I guess your average Asian person, person if you like, probably wouldn't eat this every night and I highly doubt they would eat this every night it's just as and when now during the the, the fasting month these foods do become a little bit more frequent and family meal times tend to come a little bit more frequent as well so the foods tend to be slightly different usually a bit more calorific usually a bit heavier so you can imagine how starving yourself all day from food nutrients and fluid and then go into a massive spike of calories and oily, greasy food is, is not going to be healthy. From an energy point of view, from a blood sugar point of view, there's going to be huge spikes and drops in your energy levels. You know, there's no there's no damage control there. It's, it's a suboptimal way. Um, you know, there's, there's much healthier ways of doing things to keep your body as level as, level as you can. So we'll talk first about people's expenditure. Naturally, regardless of what your job is or what your activity level is, your body is going to be working at a lesser rate. Even if you don't feel it, even if you think your day-to-day activity is exactly the same, your body will show it in really subtle ways. It'll be the way you sit, the way you stand. There might be a slouch. You might lean against the wall. It's it's a little minute things where your body will slyly and subtly try and maintain some energy. Now that you've been aware of it, you may notice it a little bit more, but your average person wouldn't notice your body doing this. They are re- they're just these one percenters here and there that build up. So your body will start to work or run on a, on a lower rate as your body starts to shut down. So the first thing we say to people is, realistically, your cardio really needs to be pulled down, if not dropped, depending on your specific expenditure and, and your food and, and your goals. Now, if you're someone who's trying to grow through this period, it is going to be a lot harder. I would advise just sticking to maintenance. Um, if you're someone who's dieting, it's easy to keep the food down. However, your problem now becomes trying to maintain muscle tissue and making sure there's adequate protein and fueling your body to stop your body from breaking down. So whichever way you're looking, it's still going to be, I'm not going to say a chore to scare people, but it's going to be some work. Some work is going to be required from you to either maintain um, and, and hold on to as much muscle tissue as you can. So cardio and expenditure needs to come down. Don't forget, if you think of it, think of it as juice in the, in the tank, that juice can be spent on, on different things. Because your outgoing is a lot less, your cardio doesn't need to be high. Don't waste energy on that when you can utilize it on things that are going to benefit you. So your resistance training for one, yeah, your training may have to come down at a lower capacity, but some form of resistance training, utilizing that energy there is going to be a lot more optimal than utilizing it or trying to utilize it for cardio, which will genuinely be a waste of time. Uh, food, foods can still be tweaked. So realistically, if you think about it, you know, you've got maybe five, six, six hours to eat, give or take. It's dependent on the sun. Um, you know, typically... We're looking about half nine to two-ish. Obviously, the, the, the times do change. But based on that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but based on that, it's not a huge feeding window because you've got to take into account that there's prayer times and there's, you know, you need to sleep. People still have jobs to go to and, and other commitment. Your body still needs to rest regardless. 
so it can get hard to get food in. So what we advise here is near enough every single person will be awake for opening their feeding window. Uh, yeah, some people may nap in between, some people may try and sleep throughout the day, um, but that first window, if you like, 9.30 p.m., you are in a position where realistically you're going to eat, so make the most of it. Now, a lot of people tend to have one huge, just just binge. What they don't realize is that has a knock-on effect with the rest of their meals. They're unable to eat proper food for the remainder of their window. So rather than looking at it as a short-term, that meal in that moment, you've got to look at it as what can I eat? What sensible amount of food can I eat and digest Digest and then allow me to eat another meal and another meal uh, without ruining the next meal, if that makes sense. Look at it from the whole feeding window rather than just that initial meal. So you've got to pace yourself out. You know, you've, you, you will know yourself. Everyone would have done this at least once in their life. They've eaten a meal so big, it's affected their next meal and their next meal and their appetite's just gone out the window. So that needs to be taken into account as well. So all we do with clients, obviously everyone is different and it is specific for each individual person, but we pull the high volume foods down. We try and get a full meal in when the feeding window opens and then we try and get a full meal in as the feeding window shuts. And in between, we look at something very light depending on someone's appetite and their digestion, whether that be a shake um, or whether that be something light like some Greek yogurt. Now a shake is always ideal purely because it's cheap, it's easy to digest and during this window people do need to get as, you know, in terms of fluids as much as they can inside them because they've not drunk throughout the whole day. So obviously with your protein shake, with your whey protein, you're killing two birds with one stone, you're getting your fluids in, you're getting your protein in and you don't have to neck it in one go, you can drip feed it throughout the window so it's quite easy to get down. If you think about it from half nine to two-ish, it's not unrealistic to get two meals and a shake in that period. Now, realistically, two good meals and a shake, from a protein point of view, yeah, it might not be the perfect amount of protein for your, your body type and your goals, but it is a, it's a lot better than eating the, the carbon, fat-heavy, oily, greasy food that's realistically going to contain no protein and give you heartburn and make you feel like shit. You'll be necking a few rennies every day during that month. So... Damage control with the food is 100% doable. Same with fluids as well. You can only drink for a short period of time, especially when it's it's easy me saying this now because it's it's not exactly warm, but that time of the year when it comes, it's always boiling and it, I could imagine it's, just, it's so much harder, so the fluid needs to be going in. Now, sleep, rest, recovery, all these things need to be taken into account as well. People always ask me, you know, should I train, should I do this, should I do that? It comes down to the individual. If you look at all these points, it's not just a case of training is the be all and end all. We say this to everyone, whether you're fasting or not, if your training affects your well-being or if your training affects your time and your stress, then it's not optimal. If you resting too much doesn't allow you to train and doesn't allow you to eat, that then it's obviously it's not great for you. There is a happy medium where you can target all of these things at the correct capacity specific to you and progress. So you need to make sure you are getting your food in. You are training, but at a level where you can rest and where you can recover. Now, training sessions can be cut so short. We're literally talking 20 minutes at light pump work. We're not looking to progressively overload during this period. We're not looking to smash PBs out. We're looking to just push some blood to the muscle, stop yourself from stiffening up, uh, keep connective tissues warm, keep your body warm, and just keep your body relatively like moving, basically. Um, you know, we're not looking to get masses of weight lifted and realistically, you're not going to. And if you try, whether it's an ego trip or stubbornness, 
I guarantee the joints will take the hit. There will be injuries and it will throw you out for a lot more than a month. So it's not worth doing that. So training can still be there, but it can just be at a lower capacity, like what we class as a deload. You know, slightly less volume, slightly less intensity, but enough that you can recover from with the amount of food that you've got. And at the same time, the session being short enough that it doesn't dig into your sleep time or your prayer time or your feeding time or whatever else you've got to do in that window during that month. You know, take the ego out of it, take the stubbornness out of it. Your session doesn't have to be an hour long just as it was if you weren't fasting. It's unrealistic and it's going to be more detrimental for you in, in the long run what you also need to take into account is the rebound effect coming out of fasting a lot of people just pile weight back on when they don't damage control whereas if you try and manage your appetite if you try and have a steady baseline with your training you know with your sleep with your rest with your recovery and your fluid when you come out of fasting you are not going to rebound you are going to be able to slowly gradually increase your intensity your appetite will increase with it, your rest will increase with it, your strength will increase with it. It will all fall in sync and be in a nice steady state and you won't have these huge spikes and these huge drops in energy like a lot of people do. You know, all these people that think they lose body fat and then the scales have come down when they're fasting, within a few few weeks, it's, it's back on and they're in a worse off position. Um, especially if you're in a starved state, when you eat, your body will typically store body fat a lot easier than if you were more careful with it in the first place so think about not only that month of fasting but think about going into fasting think about the period during fasting think about the period after fasting you know it's the loading phase it's the the maintenance phase during and then it's the the coming out of your fasting phase back into some form of normality whilst trying to damage control whilst whilst not putting yourself in a worse off position than it needs to be. Like the, the rebound really does mess a lot of people up and we do see it quite often. Just remember, there's a lot of variables, there's a lot of boxes to be ticked. Now, when we say boxes need to be ticked, it doesn't mean boxes need to be ticked 100%. They need to be ticked to the best capacity that's, that's available to you, given that circumstance and this circumstance being fasting. This, you know, that circumstance being your energy is not going to be where it is normally you know, your sleep, your rest, your recovery, these things will take a hit. It doesn't mean you're training any less or you're working any less. It's a case of working smart and not working hard. Uh, hopefully we've crammed uh, a little bit in there for, for a few people. Um, we've just like compiled the most popular questions and, and some of the things that we get asked, you know, throughout the years of, of fasting. Bear in mind, we've had clients prep for photo shoots during fasting. We, every single one of our clients stays with us during a fasting period. You know, it's not about that 60 minutes in the gym. It's about the coaching process. It's about damage control, controlling. And, and you can still progress or maintain during fasting depending on, on where you are. Now, typically females get it a little bit easier due to their cycle. Uh, obviously, typically that one week in the month when you come on cycle, um, you don't have to fast. You know, your, your body clock's in a little bit of a better position and you're quite lucky if it breaks up that month. Well, wherever it is, whether it's at the start, the end or the middle, it does break up that month a little bit. That being said, it's not impossible and it is still doable. Just make sure you damage control. Otherwise, you'll be digging yourself into a deeper hole that just does not need to happen. So this one's been a little bit longer than normal, but we did have a lot to get through. Hopefully there was some uh, light bulb moments. Uh, if you do know someone who usually struggles through this period, feel free to tag them below. Obviously, this is going to be posted on the Instagram um, so put them in the comments or just share it to them, send them the link. Uh, you know, if it helps, it helps end of the day. 
that's what we're here for. Um, so that's us for this week. We'll have a new topic that we'll go through next week. But until then, uh, always appreciate the listeners, the followers, uh, all the shares, the likes, the comments, everything, all of it. So we do appreciate that.